Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they've picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. On today's podcast, I am joined by uh, Julianne Panan, female founder of Creative Nature, a business that believes allergies or intolerances shouldn't stop you from having brilliant tasting food. They make all sorts from baking mixes, chocolate snacks, protein bars, you name it. Julianne was also a few short years ago named in Forbes 30 under 30 list. Very impressive. Julianne, huge, huge welcome. Thank you for being here. Am I right in saying that around 20% of the population suffer from food intolerances and that you've created a business that helps make it easier for people with intolerances? Can you just explain to me the journey which led you to creating your business? Yes, sure. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited about this podcast. Um, Yeah, the journey for me, I suffer severely from anaphylaxis. So for example, even if someone ate nuts um, and then shook my hand, I would stop breathing. It sounds dramatic, but actually it is. it can be very, very fatal anaphylaxis. So I'm allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, chickpeas, lentils, sesame, you name it, I pretty much have it. Um, and that really pushed me to really see, do other people suffer like this the way I do? Mm. And at the moment, it's one in 12 children have a diagnosed food allergy. That's two in every classroom. Mm. So I'd, I'd never wanted anyone to have to miss out. I remember in primary school sitting alone at the allergy table um, because I wasn't allowed to sit with my friends. I never want any child to have to go through that. And, and similarly as an adult, you just don't want to miss out on, on things that you, you love to do when socialising. Yeah, I agree. And I guess, like you've explained, these food intolerances mean you know, you constantly have to be on your guard around food and drink, which means being in control of your situations and your surroundings. Is that right? Definitely. It's it's always about planning and understanding what's going to be there, who I'm going to be with. Is the food safe for me? Is the alcohol safe for me? Should I really be drinking that? Shouldn't I? Yeah. You mentioned there alcohol, and obviously this podcast is called the joyful drinker and we talk about all kinds of things drinks included but also living a healthy lifestyle and and we talk to lots of different guests what's your relationship like with things like alcohol so I've never personally been a big drinker um I've suffered from a lot of illnesses when I was growing up which meant I couldn't really drink as much as well Uh, however I do drink socially, but it's very, very small amounts. And I also have to be very careful what I do and what I don't drink. For example, gin is something that I stay away from because a lot of the or a lot of the brands are distilled with mm. almonds and various other botanicals that I could potentially be allergic to. So, yes, I love to have fun. I love to go out dancing, but it's great to have a non-alcoholic drink that mm. I can sort of enjoy the experience but not have to 
drink alcohol at the same time. Yeah. And I suppose what we said earlier about, you know, you being in control of your situation and your surroundings, I guess by its very nature, when you do drink to excess, you lose that sense of control. Yeah, one of the most scariest times for me, I guess, has been at university when I have had a little bit too much to drink and not been in control. And that actually resulted in an allergy which is a very scary situation to put yourself in. And you realise once that's happened, it's not worth it. Yeah, completely. I couldn't agree more. Now, you run a hugely successful business and you started it at the age of just 22. Yes, yeah, it feels like a while ago now. (laughs) But yeah, I I started at 22. The company itself existed um, and I did a management buyout. So it did things like candles, incense, statues, all of those sort of things. Um, and I don't know what I was thinking at 22 to do a management <laughs> buyout, but I did. Yeah, what, what, because I mean, I don't, you know, if there are any 22 year olds listening to this, that, that feels like incredibly um, forward thinking and, and not something that people would, would normally do. What, what led you to that? In all honesty, I don't know why I did it. A lot of people say to me, wouldn't it have been easier to start from scratch? And yes, I guess it would, but I would have never learnt what I have done along the way. Um, There's so many things that I've learnt from sort of trademarking to putting a pallet to packing up food in a a kitchen. Um, And and I loved every part of that journey. And so doing that um, from from scratch really um, made a difference to me. That was going to be one of my questions for you, actually, Julianne. What have been some of the biggest challenges for you whilst running a business? Well, there have been so many challenges. I, I think for every founder out there, the day can sometimes start on a high and then in the middle of it, you can spiral down a hole and firefight and, and, and just just getting through the day is enough. Um, some of the major challenges in the pivotal moments were probably when I went for investment. It was quite early on in my journey and I got laughed at. I got told I was a little girl and that I would never launch into a supermarket which was really difficult to hear mm. at the time. Um, and that was on a public forum. So anyone could say anything. And, and it was quite hard for me to take on board. However, we we decided to bootstrap it all. And we didn't take investment. And we launched into one of the major multiples, Tesco's, Anacardo. Well done. And those same investors actually came back wanting to, to buy the company. Was this Dragon's Den? No, or was this, no. Was that later on? That was later so the first time you went for investment, you got quite a big knockback, and and like you explained, you got told you couldn't you couldn't run a business. What was that? What was that like for you? I went home and cried a lot. Um, it was it was a difficult time, and I didn't know why, and I'd never experienced that before. And I I'd been in finance, I'd been in banking, so mm. I expected it to be very different to what I experienced. It was also when I was told to bring my um, male counterpart to every single investment meeting and they would never speak. So I didn't understand why they needed to be there. Mm. So that that was a difficult point for me as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was all about then that gave me the drive to go forward and say, no, actually, I can do this and there is a purpose to my business and there is a market for it. But it's just about how am I going to get there without... A huge amount of funding yeah that's so interesting and 
you know, we're both female entrepreneurs and and we run successful businesses and it's always frustrating to hear about stories where people expect there to be a, a male counterpart in in the room especially with like you said where it wasn't necessarily necessary um and it it's interesting that actually for you it gave you more motivation to kind of go out and and succeed so I wanted to actually ask you about the time you pitched on Dragon's Den. So quite a public pitching. What was that experience like? This was really interesting because we were asked to go on around four times before I said yes. Okay. So the reasons why I said no to begin with was I just wasn't ready. Um, I never really wanted to go on something so public yeah. um, and I guess discuss my business out in the open to everyone however the reason why I did choose to do it was because we were just about to launch into a supermarket and I thought well we are looking for investment um but on like if everything went wrong we would still get such an amount of PR and marketing behind the brand and I needed people to know creative nature's name Mm. so I thought if I'm going to put myself in this situation, now is the right time to do it. Um, so, so yeah, that's why I decided to go on Dragon's Den. And it was an experience that I would say is very different for ev- every single individual founder on there. I found it amazing. I found it absolutely incredible to be part of this world that you just don't see um, behind mm. the scenes. And also to to put yourself outside your comfort zone I always say to other people that I mentor that's where the magic happens when you push yourself to do things that you probably don't feel comfortable doing but then when you do it it's just it just feels phenomenal yeah it's amazing because I I don't know about you but personally growing up as a I don't know when um when Dragon's Den actually started airing on TV but I remember watching it as a, a young teenager and thinking oh I'd love to have an idea. I'd love to go on Dragon's Den and I'd love to pitch to the dragons, albeit it would be cred- incredibly scary. But it's amazing that you went out and, and you did it and it was the right time, the right time for you. I'd love to know, Julianne, having run your business for a number of years now, what are some of the daily or weekly habits that you live by that have maybe helped contribute to your success or things that you do that you feel really add value to your day or your week? I definitely think it's all about routine and getting yourself into that place where you have a healthy balance. I still probably don't have the best balance between work and home. However, I strive to push my team to. I think that's really, really important. Hiring the right people, um, it can be such a struggle. But when you find the right fit for your business, they are absolutely incredible people and they're the ones that help propel you. I I absolutely love my team. They are the most incredible people I've I've met. Um, and to see them progress, even some people from like apprentice all the way up to sort of business development managers, it really does make a difference to my personal life um, mm. as it's self-fulfillment at the end of the day. Yeah, it's really rewarding. And I, I can relate to that with my own team being quite a young business and seeing it flourish and grow and adding new people it's it's really rewarding seeing people kind of thrive in that environment how do you how do you personally deal with some of the quite stressful situations which I imagine you have now and again running a business 
I think it's all about how you deal with it. For example, we had a product for example, that was had the wrong barcode on mm. um, and it went all the way through. It was produced in like thousands and thousands and uh, went all the way through, hit the store. So it hit a major multiple supermarket and that's when it was scanned through as wrong. So it got through all of these checks and then it's about finding the solution. There's no point just screaming and shouting at one of your team that they haven't done it or they've they've made a mistake because at the end of the day we're all accountable and we're mm. a team and that's how I try and explain to each individual I will say well at the end of the day if things go wrong blame me because then it gives them the sense that if they're blaming me they have like that uh, like confidence to mm. make the mistake in the first place and yeah this barcode for example <laughs> uh, it got all the way to the store and it was about understanding how do we then change that barcode on the system mm. and it was just the fastest possible way to get through to the right people at the right time um and just being nice be kind yeah. if you're kind you just it, I, I always say when someone's being horrible to you kill them with kindness because if you're kind there's there's nothing they can do but be kind back to you and if they aren't it kind of looks bad on them yeah and I heard something really interesting the other day I think I was listening to a podcast and it talked about empathetic leadership and actually trying to put yourself in someone else's position and you might feel angry or you know just really upset with someone but try and put yourself in their situation and understand how they're feeling before you kind of go in all guns blazing so it sounds like a really really great approach that you've got there what would you say to budding young entrepreneurs or business women out there with an idea or passion that they want to do something about? Many people ask me when's the right time to start a business and I, I think there isn't a right time uh, unless you've won the lottery and you can just <laughs> you've suddenly have endless some money. funds <laughs> that you can use because <laughs> yeah. uh, they always say well, when do I leave my job or when do I sort of stop being part-time and go full-time and it really just does depend on your situation and yeah. it's start just start it doesn't matter how small you start but just start try things and tweak as as you go I find a lot of people are waiting for that perfect product to put out there but then if they wait too long how do they ever get the feedback from their customers and for me I went out on when I first started making them in my kitchen I went out on Kingston High Street mm. I was sampling the products people spat them out people didn't <laughs> like them and we rendered and rendered and it took us a good sort of 12 months to get to the right recipe and even till today we're tweaking as people's taste buds change but that's so important don't be scared off change just go with it and and be uh, receptive to change as well yeah you're so right that takes me back to um my own days of literally going around Bristol and London into bars and restaurants and getting people to try early versions of of Caleno and uh, it, that that feedback is so valuable but you're right it doesn't have to be perfect and I think people are sometimes looking for perfection where sometimes it's an endless quest you kind of have to go on that journey first and get started like you say and you can iterate and tweak as you go so back to your your mission and your reason for being so you've actually just become medic alerts uk's first ambassador can you tell our listeners more about what that actually means yes yeah, sure so medic alert is a 
is a charity um, and it helps people who suffer from allergies uh, to diabetes to heart conditions anything like that anything that you suffer from you have like a bracelet or a um, necklace that will say all your information on the back it also have an emergency number that you have access to 24 7 which means paramedics and nurses can treat you on the scene uh, they haven't actually had a ba- ambassador in 65 years. Wow. So it's, it's always been a goal for me to work with Medic Alert. Um, I remember having a Medic Alert bracelet when I was five years old and I never thought I would ever be the poster girl for it. Um, but it is incredible because they've already saved four million lives and we're going to save so many more. We just need to amplify their message of... The reason why you need a medical bracelet is to have all your information to hand immediately. Yeah, because that can really, I mean, it can save someone's life. That that time that you save by the paramedics understanding your condition and, and in your case, your allergies, it can really make all the difference, right? Exactly. Imagine if they treated me with penicillin and I'm allergic to penicillin. Yeah. So it, it can really save your life. Yeah, super important. That's amazing. That's amazing that you're doing that. On this podcast, we talk a lot about joy and explaining the reason why, just purely and simply, I created a a brand um, in response to the fact that when I went out and didn't want to drink, all the options were pretty dull and they were pretty boring. And I just wanted to bring the sense of joy and enjoyment to not drinking. And so on the podcast, for that reason, I ask each guest... Um, how they find the joy each week could be small or big but Gillian what brings you the most joy each week well first of all I'm so glad you've created your brand because at university it would have been amazing to have such a cool fresh looking brand (laughs) sorry it took so long (laughs) (laughs) I never used to drink really and I used to love dancing Um, I did like ballet tap modern jazz all of that and you don't drink when you're performing like that so Mm. having your brand is is fantastic and I think that will really bring joy to a lot of students as well um in terms of what I do for joy I guess for me it's doing things that are a bit I don't know like adrenaline Mm. I love things that get me outside my comfort zone I love like skydiving I love cliff jumping all of that but then on the other flip side I also love spending time with my puppy I've just got a puppy so it 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 comes in like it goes in roundabouts really small or big we did say (laughs) exactly doing a skydive is pretty pretty big I mean personally I'm I'm a little bit scared of heights so I feel like that's something I'd have to build up to but I have massive appreciation for people that can jump out of a plane oh trust me I I had to be pushed out (laughs) <laughs> but I did it afterwards it's amazing but it's it's getting yourself to that point and again I, I enjoy being part of my team and seeing the progress that we're making having that letter from the little boy down the road that's been able to eat a birthday cake now that's what brings me personal joy yeah because that I think sometimes when people start a business and potentially you know in our case I think we really care about the mission behind the business and you've got a really important one you are helping people with intolerances enjoy enjoy what they eat and and it must be really rewarding to hear from people that you've changed the lives lives of 
It really does make a difference. And for parents too, it's not just the person that has the allergy, it's the mum or the dad that hasn't ever been able to give their child a birthday cake or um, like our normals, which are like vegan Maltesers. Like they've never been able to have it before. So it always makes such a difference to me and the rest of my team. Amazing. So final question is a wildcard question. And I ask each guest on the podcast... Uh, a different question so I would love to know if you could trade places with any other person for a week dead or alive who would it maybe be oh gosh so many people (laughs) Emma Watson interesting why Emma I think what she's achieved and what she stands for Mm. is absolutely incredible um she's done so many things obviously what she's most famous for is harry potter and i'm a harry potter super fan (laughs) but not just that just the way she leads her life and how she really makes change for for women in business as well and, and women in general so i would love to just be able to trade places with her and see what it's like to live her life amazing well Emma Watson, if you're listening, we've got someone that would like to buddy up with you for weeks. You never know. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Julianne. They've been an amazing guest. Thank you for being so open and honest. It's been lovely having you on. Thank you. You've been listening to The Joyful Drinker, hosted by me, Ellie Webb. There'll be a new episode released every fortnight, so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out. Also, just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts. So if you've got some kind words to share, they'd be very much appreciated. In the meantime, come and find me on socials. I'm at Kalenyo Ellie. I'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome. See you next time for another episode of The Joyful Drinker. And remember, if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better.